On both sides of the ball, the Green Bay Packers have shown flashes. They can do it for stretches, but they can't be consistent. So are the answers to these problems in-house, or are they going to have to go outside to either add personnel or make changes to the roster or the philosophy to get this all to make some sense? We talk about that, plus talk with our pal Lily Zhao about the Giants, about how this team moves forward, what can it get fixed, and a lot more. That show starts right now. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats Your team Pop. every day. Touchdown! You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Lily Zhao on the show today. We're going to be talking to her in a little bit. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for my listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. So I wrote about this for The Leap today, and I don't want to rehash all of it. The, The post today... You know, the leap is a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You know that, you know that bit. Um, is about the first half versus the second half and how things change drastically in the second half for the Packers. And this dovetails with what we were talking about yesterday. There are two things plaguing the Packers right now. One is philosophical, and one is sort of the inverse. It's a really interesting parallel that's going on right now. If you watch the Packers offense, it is magnificently designed. It is terrifically called. And I think when when Packers fans have issues with the play calling, what they really have issues with are the decisions being made by Aaron Rodgers pretty consistently where he's got a run pass option and he makes a pass. We've talked about some of the intricacies and nuances of some of those decisions. Matt LaFleur has defended some of those decisions, but I think it's more about when shots are taken um, and what the circumstances are that they're going to press and throw the ball over the yard when maybe they should stick to the run, those kinds of things. But receivers are getting open. Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. He still weekly makes ridiculous throws. And the receivers, by and large, are making these catches. They're getting open. As Jason Hershorn, America's guest, and my colleague at The Leap wrote, that that Romeo Dobbs is getting open at a higher rate and with more separation than Devontae Adams did last year. That's pretty remarkable. Now, part of that is... Safety help, and so you're you're getting more condensed windows, and you know it's it's a different situation, but it's worth noting. This is not like guys aren't open, and I I still see that criticism every now and then. No, no, guys are open. There have been times when Aaron Rodgers hasn't pulled the trigger, and there were times last week. There's been times over the course of the season where they just haven't been able to protect well enough 
to get to some of these shot plays. There was a, a time uh, Romeo Dobbs on a double move gets open down the field and the protection breaks down. They ask Randall Cobb to crash down uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who is a, a first round uh, draft pick on the edge. He can't do it. The timing gets all mucked up. Rodgers has to check it down. It could be a touchdown if Rodgers has time to set his feet and throw. There is another play where Rodgers, against a zero pressure look, has Romeo Dobbs down the field. They get a legal contact, and it, you can't hit the play. It looks like an overthrow, but there's a legal contact. Well, Alan Lazard, wide open on the inbreaker, on the dig. Now, I think Rodgers, in that situation, given the coverage, I'm fine taking the shot there. He didn't expect all of that contact, but at the same time, he's got Alan Lazard. The answers to the questions for this offense are about execution, not defenses adjusting, anything like that. This team needs to stay within its identity. That's the crux of what we were discussing yesterday with Aaron Rodgers and playing within the confines of this offense. I don't think they need to add a receiver for this offense to be as dynamic as it needs to be. Romeo Dobbs is open all the time. Alan Lazard is getting open consistently. Randall Cobb was open all game on Sunday. You add in Christian Watson, who, again, is still getting open more than he's getting the ball. Big Bob Tunyon, open more than he's getting the ball. You add in Josiah DeGuara, who's all of a sudden making plays and doing some nice things. And there's still more room to grow with how they're using Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the passing game. There's so much more from a skill position they can they can wring out of the talent that they have. There is an issue at the offensive line. Royce Newman continues to be a problem. and. Elton Jenkins, sort of unfortunately for those of us who want to see Zach Tom on the field, Elton Jenkins played probably his best game so far this season on Sunday. He's settling in a little bit as he's getting healthy and getting some more reps and understanding, you know, the right versus left kind of stuff. So he, I think, is going to be fine. Royce Newman, not. I mentioned the stat yesterday. On the offensive line, one pressure given up by David Bakhtiari, four by Royce Newman including getting dog-walked a couple times by Dexter Lawrence. It's just not good enough. We've reached the point. So I don't know if it's once David Bakhtiari can, can play a full game, maybe you, you put Elton Jenkins in at right guard, or you put him at left and switch John Rondon Jr. over to right, or, or just throw Zach Tom in there at right guard. But this cannot continue. Pressure specifically from that right side, whether it was in week one with Jake Hansen and Royce Newman or whether it's been Royce Newman and Elton Jenkins since then, has blown up so many chances for this team to hit big plays. And I think it's worth saying, until that gets fixed, just take what's working. Worry, worry less about the 40, 50, 60-yard plays because this team is fine. They're still top five in the league creating explosive. They're still creating 20-yard pass plays. They're still creating chunk runs. And on defense, you know, I know I made the case yesterday for some structural changes. I still believe that that is a path forward for the Packers, but I also believe they can they can probably do it with less structural change, you know, not having to move Darnell Savage or, or Jair Alexander into the slot, something like that, and just stick with what they're doing. And the numbers are pretty stark. If you look first half, second half for the Packers, 
Their defense has been so much better in the first half than the second half. It it almost defies description. The Buccaneers game is the perfect example. For three quarters, they play aggressive. They play a lot of single high. And you look at their things like EPA numbers, EPA per dropback, success rate, all that stuff, elite. Their EPA per play number against the Buccaneers through three quarters was twice, twice what the current best defense, the 49ers, has an EPA per play on the season. Twice as good in the fourth quarter when what did they do? Soft coverage, two high safeties, no games, no blitzes, just four-man pressures. They fell to an EPA per play that would have been 31st in the league. They go from playing like the best defense in football, seriously, to one of the two worst defenses in football. Just by a philosophical difference. That's it. That means you don't really have to change some of the personnel stuff. You just have to be a little bit more aggressive. And it's it's even more frustrating because what that shows is that this is not really a Joe Barry problem in, in the way that I think some have framed it. This is not that this guy can't coach. In the first halves this season, they're 12th in EPA per play. They're eighth in EPA per dropback. They're fifth in dropback success rate. This has been an elite passing defense in the first half, even with the brain farts in Minnesota being a huge part of their sample. But in the second half, they're 22nd in EPA per play, 18th in EPA per dropback, and 19th in dropback success rate. The numbers don't matter in terms of the specifics. They're significantly worse. They go from a very good defense to a mediocre to bad defense just by have. And it's not adjustments. It's not teams saying, okay, this is how you're playing us. And so we're going to change what we're doing. Not really. It's actually the opposite. It's Joe Barry saying, okay, now it's time to not prevent big plays. So everybody off rally and tackle, and you're just giving teams the ability to do whatever they want. It's why they're so bad covering crossers. Ironically, after we had the conversation about Aaron Rodgers needing to stick to the script, so to speak, and I guess it's not ironic, it's a coincidence, Joe Barry needs to stick to the script. Stick to the script, stick to the game plan Rather than, and the reason they're maybe you know, a little irony, philosophically, they want to be a too high rally and tackle defense. Don't give up big plays. But in the first halves of these games, they're showing much more aggressiveness, much more blitzes, much more single high, much more man coverage. And then in the second half, they back off. Stop backing off. They're so afraid. And I, I got a little like worried vibes about Matt LaFleur, about him from me when he's talking about defending explosives, he's so worried about explosives and he talks about, oh, you know, we had this exotic look on third and long in the NFC Championship game in 2019 and they beat us for a long run. It's like, I, you, that is scared money, baby. And scared money don't make money. You can't live like that. You can't be thinking about what happened in 2019. 
You can't be thinking about what happened in one game on one play that one time when the defense had an all-time bedwetting and was historically bad against the run in one game. That should not inform anything that you do after that for any reason ever again. That is an aberration. So that doesn't give me a lot of faith that they're going to make this change. But what I'm telling you is, if they do make that change, they're fine. Because the evidence says when they're not playing that way, and they're not playing that way for the most part in the first halves of these games, that's when they've been a good defense. If they finished, if I told you at the end of the season, they finished 12th in EPA per play, 8th in EPA per drop back, and 5th in drop back success rate, you'd be like, hell yeah, that's a good defense. And that is a good defense. Now, it's not living to their potential. I think they can, they have the, the ability. We talked about this yesterday. At a certain point, you got to play, be more than just talent. You got to be more than just potential. But this team could be even better than that. So just let them, just let them play. Just let them keep playing. This team is, it, it, I think the, the playoff losses have kind of broken their brains a little bit. They're so worried about losing that they've lost this all gas, no break mentality. And at least defensively, they need to find it and they need to find it right now, because if they don't, this Jets team, which just smacked Miami, I understand Miami's playing with a third string quarterback for a lot of that game. Still, the Packers played against a third string quarterback the other week and did not smack that team. So you better respect this Jets team or you're going to get smacked again by a New York team. Before we get to Lily Zhao, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Everyone could use some help from time to time. And there is a misconception out there among some people that in order to go to therapy, you need to be depressed. You need to have a diagnosed mental illness. And that's just not true. In fact, therapy can be for all sorts of reasons. Maybe you just want to be a better problem solver. Maybe you just want to mitigate your anxiety a little bit better. Maybe you just want to unload some stress. We're all dealing with stress all the time. So why not get some help dealing with all of that? Life is hard. And it can be easier if you have better tools to do it. A therapist can help give you those tools. Make it easier for you to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. I've seen the benefits of therapy in my own life. I've seen it help the people around me. And if you think you need some help, chances are you could use some help. And even if you don't think you need some help, you could benefit from some. We all could. So when you want to be a better version of you, a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. Sadly, the streak is over. The win streak has come to an end. The Packers fall to the Giants in London. Hope everyone has gotten over their jet lag from watching this game. Um, Lily and I did not go to London to watch it. And I can tell you, I still feel jet lagged after having done all of that. A little foggy after what we saw on Sunday from Fox 6. Of course, it is time for our favorite Lily Zhao to answer the age-old question, Zhao, you doing? Peter, it is good to be back on with you talking some Packers football. Uh, like you mentioned, it's a little bit of a weird feeling because, you know, for us here in Wisconsin, at least, I mean, the game was done by noon. So you're like, yeah. oh, 
all day to, to sit around and, and think about this loss. So you know, I, th- I think we've all thought about it. It was kind of a tough way to, you know, have a London game. Cause in my head, I'm thinking it's, it's London. They want to be there. It's a perfect scenario. Aaron Rodgers, this offense is just going to go off. It's going to be a beautiful day. And uh, sadly I couldn't get it done, but I'm doing good. So how you doing? I'm, I'm good. I, uh, I was at a bachelor party in Phoenix. Oh. So I had to get up at six 30 after a late night on Saturday. And then I had to watch that Lily. That's So that's how I'm doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, not, not the, not the way I wanted that to go. Now the good news is I got out on the golf course after that. Cause then it's nine 30 when the game ends, right? I did my live stream, got in the car and we go play golf. So that was, the, that was the good news from that standpoint. There's a lot to dig into here. Um, unfortunately losses are always more interesting than wins, I think. Um, but that is good for us because then we get to have these sorts of chats. Of all the things that that didn't go quite right for the Packers, what stands out to you as the most f- fixable to your mind? Like, okay, th- this is happening, but like, it seems like they can fix this. I would say hopefully the offense. I have a little bit more confidence in that area than I would say the defense, which is kind of weird considering how I, you know, I think we all thought that they would do it. Not saying they can't get things fixed, but again, it's you have Aaron Rodgers, you have your cornerstone pieces, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. I, I just think if they can just really lean into their strength, and that right now is the running game, lean into that. I mean, you just got to keep on working the, with the chemistry with your receivers. And luckily he's got Randall and Allen. So he's already got chemistry with those guys. You know, the protection is, is there. Um, so I, I think the offense, if they can just find a way to not have such a clunky game, I mean, there really wasn't any flow after that first half. Um, I do think the offense has a better chance of kind of figuring things out than the defense, which I think is it's a little concerning how just out of sorts they looked on Sunday. Yeah, it's interesting because when I look at the issues that they're having and I look at in-house solutions, I, I always think, OK, is there anything that right now that personnel is going to fix? I kind of think on both sides of the ball, the answer is no. Like, I, I think they have the guys to do the things that they want to do. Their guys just aren't doing the thing. And that starts with Aaron Rodgers, who has not looked like the two-time reigning MVP so far through five weeks. So try and try and balance these scales to me or like put together a pie chart for me. Sorry, we have to go back to like, you know, uh math class in fifth grade or whatever, but of of the offensive issues in terms of these offensive line shuffling and some of the inconsistencies we're seeing, um, Aaron Rodgers play, the receivers play calling whatever you want to throw in there. Maybe it's a a chicken pot pie, a lot of ingredients. Um, What is your, your sort of like allocation of blame here for who deserves the most? uh, I don't, let's not even say blame or criticism, but like what is holding them back the most right now? Do you think? It just feels like there's not really a rhythm with this team. I, you know, when you're watching, you know, well-oiled offensive machines, it's, you know, your quarterback's throwing the football, your receiver's catching it, your run game's getting like five yards a pop, you're able to protect the quarterback, things are moving seamlessly, but it feels like with this team, it's, they take one step forward, they take two steps back, like there's really no consistency, and I, I think it's, you know, we saw it with that drive, right? The Giants go down, long drives, four touchdown, they come out three straight passes, I know that was addressed, and Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, they said they like the calls, um, but then you know how tough this defense is. They're going to blitz you. They're going to make things tough. And and you're not having success throwing the football. Lean into your strength, which is your run game. So 
In terms of where things fall, I do think a lot of it is your play calling your quarterback, because again, those are the guys doling out the plays, but then you need your other guys, like your receivers, um, your offensive linemen to really respond. So I think it's kind of, I mean, you can just kind of give a quarter of the pie to everybody because you need them all to click to make this thing work. But again, you know, your head coach or quarterback, they're the, the two heads that make this offense run. Um, and I think those guys, they have to, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has to play better. He knows that as well. Um, and I know we talked about play calling all week with this Giants game, and I know they, they like the calls, but then you have to think, again, our strength is running football. Maybe we should consider that moving forward. Yeah, I said this on the show yesterday, and and I think it, it's an important thing to think about moving forward. Like when we have these run pass options and you see them unfold, there are times when you can say, okay, yes, you got the advantageous passing look, so you threw it. But they've been running effectively even against eight-man boxes in, in a game like this. Sometimes I just want Matt LaFleur to take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but just right now, that's where this offense is. And so, like, I it's tough for me, right? Like this is, this has kind of been a thing over the last couple of years where when another team starts to get a little something going, their response seems to be let Aaron Rodgers cook. And I just don't know if that's the best way for this offense right now, maybe in a month it will be, but like right now that just to me doesn't seem like the best way to handle all of this. I agree. And and I think it only will work though, because you know, we, we saw a lot of deep passes that were incomplete or thrown out of bounds it's when you're hitting on those plays, that's when you're able to kind of play that hero ball per se, because you know you have a high percentage chance of making those deep catches. But again, when you're just throwing downfield and it's not working, I mean, the defense is going to know, hey, we'll, we'll just let a guy go man, and we know he's not going to catch it, or the ball's going to be overthrown or underthrown. Um, so I think when you're getting those things working with your offense, that's when you can kind of take over with that. But like you said, it's it's maybe put the ball in the hands of the guys that are having success against the defense that they're playing and ride that and then just be more patient and consistent with those play calls versus just saying, all right, we'll just chuck it down the field and hopefully the guy catches it. Something I, I was thinking about after the the game and we talked about it on the live stream is uh, we talked, you and I certainly, I, I talked a lot about it. We, we heard a lot in, in the media fans about how talented this defense is. And the, and the number of good players and guys that we have seen play really high levels of football, Devondre Campbell, Adrian Amos, Starnell Savage, just don't look the same this season. And when we have a when you watch a second half, like we saw on Sunday and, and you see these other games, Bailey Zappi in the second half with the Patriots. At what point does this become? Okay. Yeah. Joe Barry, we can have those conversations about some of the things Joe Barry is doing, but at what point do we just say, Maybe they're not as talented as we thought. Maybe some of these guys are just really not as good as we thought they were if this is the product we continue to see on the field. I think that's a thing to consider. And, and again, it's you can put a ton of all-stars on one team, but unless they're playing together, they know the scheme, they know where they need to be, it doesn't really matter. And and obviously, it's going to matter that they're you know first-round picks and all that stuff. But again, you can have all the talent on the field, but when they're not really understanding where they're supposed to be, they're not understanding their assignments, they're not in the right spots. I mean, it's not going to really matter again. Um, and that was a little concerning though, because there were multiple times where on defense, it was guys were kind of still shuffling at the last second and the Giants are all lined up to go. And you're wondering why is this still an issue? Um, again, no consistent pressure on Daniel Jones. I mean, he was killing him with his legs. You have to imagine after one wildcat, you're like, okay, this guy, his ankle looks fine. Like we should probably keep an eye on him. You have Saquon who was doing his thing as well. And then Darius Slayton, I mean, 
He was going up against Eric Stokes, had his way there. So it, it's the secondary was certainly concerning. Um, but then again, in the front, it, there really wasn't a lot of pressure. And those two sacks being taken away by defensive holding penalties didn't help as well. So maybe had they not had that, that's a different narrative. And they pin the Giants back, they don't score, yada, yada. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But to your point, it is concerning that we have all these talented pieces, but there's been a regression five weeks into the season. Obviously, coaching has a, a role to play in all this, right? Like Joe Barry not putting them in the best position to succeed is you're setting them up to fail in a lot of ways. And so when they fail, we can't be like, well, look at the players failing when that's not a good defensive call in that situation. And and to me, I've seen a lot more conservative play in the second half. I mean, for three quarters, the Packers absolutely locked down Tampa. And then in the fourth quarter, they go to that prevent defense. And guess what happens? They march right down the field. We've seen that. We saw that in this game. They played pretty aggressively in the first half. They're bringing pressure. They're rallying, tackling. And then in the second half, all of a sudden, we see cornerbacks at 10 yards, safeties at 15, 20 yards, and it's, all right, everything in front. Part of this has to be on Joe Barry for sure, but this is sort of who Joe Barry wants to be, and that starts with Matt LaFleur. So when when does Matt LaFleur have to step in? When does he have to do what he did with Mike Patton in 2020 and say, this is not cool anymore. This has to change. It needs to be more this, more that. And and I don't have the answers necessarily. I'm just saying, at what point does your head coach have to say, look, we got we to change something here? I think if that hasn't happened by now, I, I think, you know, if they have a bad showing against the Jets, and, you know, granted, this is still a three and two team. You have Zach Wilson. I mean, it's not like they don't have any players. I think if they have a poor showing against the Jets at home, I think that really warrants a sit down. And even Matt LaFleur said it, you know, he was talking to Joe Barry, but Again, when you're playing so far off the line of scrimmage and third and long and you're not really blitzing and you're not getting in the face of a quarterback who shouldn't be beating you. I mean, at some you know point in time, you're going to have to have a conversation with your defensive coordinator, say, maybe playing zone all the time, maybe the zone scheme really isn't working for us. And we have to adapt because, you know, we have all these players that are really talented, but we're not really utilizing them to their best of their abilities. So I would say maybe if they just don't play well this week at all, maybe this needs to be the turning point or the catalyst to say, hey, something's got to change. Otherwise, I mean, this is going to be a defense that's going to struggle the rest of the year. I I, I thought it was interesting when Jair said, you know, I'm not going to worry about the defense unless we struggle against the Jets. By the way, shade to the Jets. Uh, at, at least that's how it felt to me. Maybe what he meant was if we see this one more time, you know, that kind of thing. Probably a little bit of both, right? Like, yes, okay, if you see it one more time and it's been six weeks and this is still an issue... At the same time, I understand where Aaron Rodgers is coming from saying, like, we can't think like that. That can't be the mindset. It has to just be like, we need to fix this now. And we should we should always have this kind of urgency. Um, if you think there is a guy, whether it's on offense or defense, that could just be the, the little spark of energy that this team needs. Is there someone that you would like to see them either try to get more involved or you think could be the guy that's just like, okay, this guy, if this guy has a big game, that could just sort of be the 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 panacea that they need to get back on track Ooh, that's a good question um and a hard one i'm sorry i'm putting you on the spot no, 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 that's okay it, it's a good question i think potentially on defense let's go with not saying kenny hasn't had good games he was really good i think maybe just somebody up front just you know, absolutely gets after him. I know we talk about Rashawn all the time. We know what Rashawn can do. I think maybe Kenny Clark up front, if he's just got that burst and gets this defense fired up, um, you know, it starts at the line of scrimmage. And I think, you know, this group certainly has the talent to get it done. I think potentially him. And then 
offensively, that's a really good question. I'm thinking, um, let me give you a defensive answer and you can think about your offensive answer. I would like to see, because Quay Walker is having some issues. He's having some issues fit the run. He's having some issues in coverage, unless he's manned up. I mean, running with Saquon Barkley, that's like four linebackers in the league can probably do that. And he's one of them. I would like to see them use him like Devin White in Tampa. Just let him blitz 40% of the time. Just send him, send him, send him. Let him fly downhill and just try and, I, I can't I can't say the phrase that I want to say, uh, mess things up. Um, I, I want, let, let's just see what he can do as a wrecking ball in there. Use that speed to try and try and make something happen. I think that would be just, just try it. Just try it. He's out there rather than having that extra defensive lineman where they like to have this like penny look where it's three defensive linemen and two edge guys treat nickel like penny and just send Quay Walker. You're sending five. I think that's one way to try and just, just add a little bit of a spark because he's that kind of athlete. I think he can do that. I think you, you made a great point there, Peter. Also, if you hear banging, they're doing construction outside my apartment. Hopefully mm. no one can hear that. Anyways, um, I, I agree. That's a great answer. I, I think Quay really can be that lightning bolt because he is so fast and he's so talented. It's, it's why not see what he can do. So that's a great point. I, I think Quay would be a phenomenal answer to really give people spark on this defense because we, there's a lot of veterans on this team. He's a youngster. Maybe, you know, his fire can just light something. Right. That. Um, and I, I think that's a phenomenal answer on defense. I'm thinking maybe offensively, it's gotta be a tight end. I'm like Robert Tunyon. I know he's on a snap count. He's still coming back from that ACL injury. But are doing some nice things. He made some plays against the yeah, Giants. I think it's going to be a tight end, though, because, you know, Christian Watson's injured. Aaron Rodgers is still working on the chemistry with Romeo Dobbs. Um, you know, he has trust in, in Tanyan. You know, he's getting there with Aguara and Tyler Davis. I think you can just get a, a, a tight end involved because, again, Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. But seeing what he was able to do on Monday night football, the tight end position, if the Packers can get back to that with that kind of player in a Robert Tunyon, I mean, I think that adds another element to the offense that we haven't seen since he's been out. I like that. I like that a lot. And Rodgers, it's it's kind of funny because like he had that throw to Tyler Davis into coverage. And I'm just sort of like, can you, can you try that with Romeo Dobbs? Can just like, let's just try that with some of these younger players. I understand the connection with Lazard and Randall Cobb, who got 13 targets, I think on Sunday, just a, an incredible throwback performance from Cobb, although he did have that third down drop. Um, and I, you know, I, I kind of just think my answer on offense is always just going to be Romeo Dobbs until he becomes the guy that he, he's oh Lily, he's always open. He's all Jason Hershorn, our, our friend, America's guest on this show and my co-founder at the leap had a great stat from next gen that um, his open percentage is higher than Devante's was last year. And his average separation is higher than Devante's was last year. Like it, he's get him the ball. He's open. And he's, I just, I hope that that is something that they'll, they'll be able to see on tape and have Rogers go, okay, I just have to give him the ball. Like, I know I trust him. Just do it. I don't know why that wasn't a bigger part of the offense last week, to be honest. I, I totally agree. I mean, he's a guy that really can stretch out the field as well. And again, with Christian being out for we don't know how long or or what his status is this week, it's Romeo Dobbs has to be your guy. I mean, at some point, you're going to have to trust him. And yeah, I think Rodgers does, but you got to get him the ball to see what he can do. And we you know with his talent, he certainly can surprise. So I, Romeo Dobbs, Robert Tunyon, let's get him back and involved. And I think this offense is a better 
flurry of points, hopefully. I like it. And your your defensive front um, question or answer is actually what got me thinking about Quay Walker because I was like, oh, well, TJ Slayton actually played well on Sunday and Jaron Reed played pretty well. The problem were the linebackers. And so why not just get Quay Walker moving in one direction and let him go hunt? I think I think that could be an interesting wrinkle here. Lily, this was fun. Thank you so much. And uh, let's start a new streak on Sunday and we'll get you back next week on, on a win streak again. I love it. I'm down. Thanks, Peter. All right. I want to thank Lily for joining the show. Always great to talk to our pal, Lily Zhao. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet online bet online is your number one spot for all of your football betting info this season find all the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find and as always bet online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering info with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite games and events including major league baseball mma boxing golf all kinds of great stuff. Head to the Bet Online or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, crossover Thursday. We're going to get the inside scoop on the New York football Jets. That's not a thing, but we're going to go with it. And then our live show is back on Friday. We'll be live again on Sunday after the game. So plenty to look forward to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Like us on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Check us out there. We're going to be going live twice a week. So come find us there so that you could better stay locked on Packers.